Welcome to Girls Talking Mindset, a podcast that will help you to become the best version of yourself by transforming your mindset. I'm your host, Kavita, best known as 5am girl, and I'll be talking to you about lifestyle, personal development, and being a female in today's society. So let's get started with today's episode. Hi everyone. So as you know, I love talking to other amazing badass women um, and I love learning from them and I want you to learn from them too. So I have a great surprise for you today. Today's guest is a woman that I'm interviewing and her name is Roxy and she is incredible. Like I can't wait for you to listen to this podcast, but she's an empowerment coach. She's a podcast host of Black Bout Beauty. So check that out. She's a writer, a beauty and wellness expert and a lover of supporting and uniting badass women. So I have the pleasure of interviewing this incredible woman and I really really enjoyed this chat that we had. It was so informative and inspiring. I learned so much and we talk about so many things around self-love, self-trust, self-compassion and even around feminine and masculine energy and how we can tap into those types of energy because we all have both. Um, And we just really speak about gaining that confidence and going out and creating the life of your dreams. Um, Roxy is an incredible person. You're going to learn so much from her. So I hope you enjoy this episode. So without further ado, it's Roxy. Hi, Roxy. How are you? I'm so, I'm very happy to be here with you, girl. How are you? I'm good thank you I'm so happy to have you on the show I've been excited for it and I just I love your vibe and your energy so I'm sure you're going to bring that to, to this episode but um it's like 5 p.m here so it's quite <laughs> late but the time difference just makes me laugh you're like just waking up fresh and I've just finished today uh, yeah I've been awake actually for <laughs> I woke up at 3 45 today so I've been awake over here it's um 9 a.m I'm an early waker and I love you know on that note you have a your Instagram that I love so much, 5am girl. Yes, exactly. Oh, I love uh, your posts. Thank you. They're oh so good. Yes. So yeah, I can relate to the early morning start, but um, yeah, I thought it'd be great to start with a bit about you and your intro and just like, just to get to know you a bit more. So a bit about your background, because I've heard it's so diverse and so interesting. <laughs> so it I'm really, really is. More. It's, yeah, it's like more definitely. <laughs> It's a big story. So, you know, when I get asked this question, like, tell me about you, how did you get here? I'm like, Ooh, how much time do you have? You know? And so let's just start with where I am. So I am an empowerment coach. I am the founder of my lifestyle performance brand, Black Belt Beauty. And within that brand, we have our podcast, Black Belt Beauty Radio, which is geared to optimize life performance through the avenues of mindset, self-development, wellness, integrative health and beauty. So all of those avenues supporting your ability to perform at your highest level, right? And essentially what that really comes down to is like, where did that come from? It comes from my lifestyle. So I've always been someone who has been very, very interested in living a life of excellence, greatness, you know, performing 
within my best ability. When I was younger, I was a competitive runner. So my roots really actually set the trajectory for my life in a big way because I was an athlete and I, I had the, the dreams to go to the Olympics, right? In running Flojo, I'm 42. So this is like, for those who know, Flojo was my idol. She was such a bad woman. And um, yeah, and then, you know, of course, like through the years, things change. I start surfing and now my whole, just everything just changed at that point. But my roots were set in this foundation of performance, of reaching for your best, of, you know, the, the frameworks that come when you are an athlete are really, really powerful and how they shape an individual. And then, you know, your habits, the beliefs about yourself. I mean, this is what change, like, uh, you know, um, cure, uh, creates your life. Right. So, you know, let's back up now and just say, give you a little bit of a timeline in the career aspect of my life, you know, um, for the better part of my career life, I have been a beauty expert, specifically mm -hmm. a makeup artist, specifically in the celebrity entertainment arena. So that started in my early 20s. And then in my 20s, though, I'm a very passionate, curious, multifaceted woman. And there were other things that I tried and I was reaching for, like event planning. And, and really, you know, that just came down to... I love building community. I love bringing people together and giving them a vibe that feels good. And this all makes so much sense for where I am now, right? Um, even back up to why I started doing makeup, it wasn't eyeliner. It wasn't, and by the way, again, 42, when I started doing makeup, we didn't have social media. We didn't have mm -hmm. filters and all this stuff. Like it was nothing like it is. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And to even say, uh, you know, I mean, even in my thirties, when I would tell people that I'm a makeup artist, you know, that who do you work for? Like what brand mm -hmm. it wasn't it, now it's on a whole nother level, right? Makeup artistry is like a very well-known career path. Right. Mm -hmm. So go back to why I started makeup. I started makeup because first of all, I'm very creative. I've always, my mom will tell you, like she was always painting on the walls. I've, I grew up painting and coloring. I'm very visual. And, you know, so, so that had a, a lot to do with it, but really, you know, I was the friend in high school that was getting you ready for the dance. Cause I loved it. I loved how I can make you the woman feel by, just playing with this eyeliner or, you know, doing these things. And so, you know, it's really important for me to share that because how it all makes sense with, with what I'm doing now as an empowerment coach and with black belt beauty, right? Like I'm here to support a woman to feel their best, to look their best and to perform their best. Right. And so you know, I would say I moved around a lot. You know, I moved to Hawaii in my late teens immediately from um, after high school and, you know, just got to surf all day. And until it was time for me, I, I, I really felt like I got to a place where I knew I had so much more to do. I had already started doing events for a living. And I just, this kind of eternal question that I operated from was, what's your next source of inspiration? And mm. that became New York City. And so I got this invite. I moved to, I went to New York, touched down. I knew I had to live there. 
moved to one month later, I, I moved to New York city from Hawaii. No real plan. Just knowing that I listening to this feeling, and I'm saying this, this is very important, not just to give you some background on me, but because there are, there are pieces in here that now these are the things that I speak about often. Right. So I listened, I felt this calling. So you know, it's a really important thing for me to highlight here because, you know, I'm, I'm moving from Hawaii to New York City. And yeah, there was somewhat of a nervousness, but I was more excited than anything. And when I would tell people, you, you know, I moved from Hawaii to New York, the reaction was like, whoa, that's a big change. I'm like, exactly. That's why I did it, you know. But, you know, this is where a lot of people would oftentimes like hesitate, right? Because, you know, I didn't have this whole plan paved out for me. I just knew I had to be there. And so I listened and that has been a through line for me in my life. So I moved to New York and, you know, discover a lot more of, of who I am in that period of time that I lived there, which was almost, it was like six years or so. And then I would eventually move back to California to the beach cities of Los Angeles where I live now. And, you know, and then that's where I went full on into my, my makeup career. And, you know, I would say like midway in my makeup career, I knew that I had more to do in this life than my makeup career. And that mm -hmm. wasn't coming from a place of not feeling satisfied or like I was bored in my career. In fact, the opposite, I was on the upward climb and I was hungrier than ever, but Makeup, I understood it wasn't who I am. It's just something that I'm really good at, right? Mm -hmm. So knowing who I am and the mindset piece is really powerful for me because I do have a very deep sense of strong sense of self-awareness. And this is mm -hmm. what allows me to, what has allowed me to, you know, be on this adventure, be a path creator in my life and, you know, do all the things that I've done. And so, you know, aside from that, I really started to take notes on how much feedback I would get from people in regards to, you know, how they felt about advice I would give them, whether it was mindset, relationship, like whatever process and perspective, the way I was able to support individuals with that. In addition to obviously beauty. In addition to, I'm a geek about science and biology. So, you know, I've heard from friends, you know, I wish I had a shopping, you know, food app called Roxy and like, cause I'm always guiding, you know, whether yeah. it's someone I just met or someone I love in my life to ways at which they can best support their health, because that was a big, you know, it's a passion of mine. So this is where Black Belt Beauty was born. And when I started Black Belt Beauty, you know, I, I knew that I didn't have to have it all figured out. I just needed to take the step forward and just start there. And so it started as a blog and an Instagram, you know, um, account. And then it would, you know, now as of next, this month, December, um, three years later, I have this podcast and that has been like the kind of the mother of the brand, if you will. So now, you know, and my makeup career, I've pretty much transitioned, especially through COVID this year. I mean, I was already really only working on jobs that 
really mattered to me. And that meant who I was working with. Um, but I was mostly all, you know, my, my, my work life is, is really centered around black belt beauty. And when COVID happened and there's no more productions and makeup, it was like, yeah, okay. It's all black belt beauty, you know? So it's beautiful. And so here I am now, you know, coaching women, um, building my community queendom, you know, having this thriving podcast and I just love creating content and sharing in support of everyone who listens and talking to incredible women like you. That's amazing. Like just listening to your story, I was so absorbed, but I picked up a few things there that I'd love to dig deep into. So first of all, a lot of people, well, for me, for instance, I was like this. I couldn't, I didn't really trust my instincts. So when I was like, oh, I want to start this, I'd always second guess myself and it can be quite scary and daunting to try and jump into something new and to get out of that comfort zone. And I know a lot of girls that I, you know, that follow me and that I speak to, they find this quite difficult. So how did you find that self-confidence and how would you describe like listening to your inner voice and trusting your instincts and just going for it? So it's a great question. And I'll, I'll kind of tease it apart in two different ways, uh, tools and tactics, and then just kind of this conceptual idea. So first of all, I've always been very, very comfortable in spending time internally with myself. And that's actually not common. A lot of people have a hard time. A lot of people don't even know how to spend time with themselves. And that's where the busyness comes in, right? Like I'm going to just go out or be on the phone or like, rather than just being with themselves, right? Fix this hair. (laughs) Just, it always happens. Um, So, you know, that's important to say, because when we think about self-awareness, you have to spend time with yourself to start to become more self-aware. One of my favorite ways to spend time with myself was with my journal. I've been writing for the majority of my life. And my journal wasn't a tool at the time, like to, you know, hit my goals or it was literally exactly what I said. It was just to spend time with myself. I had no expectation. There was no, like, I'm trying to be poetic. Um, Excuse me. But I, I am a strong communicator and that, that is something that comes innately, you know, with me, I came downloaded with. And so it was fun for me to express myself in my journal. And in that expression of myself, you know, I, I would ask myself questions or I would, you know, write out my experience. And then when you're going back and you're looking at how you process things and, you know, how you moved through that period of time that you were writing that specific thing, you start to learn about yourself, right? The thing about trusting yourself is really interesting. I literally just posted something on my story today about that. You can't trust yourself if you're not willing to bet on yourself. How does it even work? So now let me give you this idea that pain is a powerful catalyst for change, for action. It was more painful to me, to my mind, to think about not acting on the things that I desire the things that just lit my heart up versus the pain of potentially failing as I moved forward in it. So like, let's just use New York as an example. 
I have chills. I knew when I touched down and I walked that first night on those sidewalk, I was like, I got to live here. I got to live here. Didn't know how, didn't know. I just knew. And mm -hmm. again, go back to, I didn't have a plan. Like I got a three month sublet. So it wasn't even like this, oh, year apartment. I didn't have a job. Like, um, I, it was more painful for me to think of this, oh, I really want to do this move to New York, but uh, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't have all the ducks in a row. Like, so that is ultimately been what has supported me to continuously take chances and bet on myself. And then here's the thing though, the more you do this and the more you witness yourself, even if you take the punch, like you witness yourself, like, yeah, I got hit pretty hard there, but I also got back up and I was better for it. I was smarter. I was, I, I got actually so much skills. Like I could throw a punch back kind of thing, you know? Um, that's only going to be developed when you actually take those initial steps to move forward. So I started to ultimately develop proof, proof that I can trust myself, proof that, you know, rise or fall, I'm capable of handling whatever comes my way. I know how to recover and I will learn as I grow. Right. So that's the two part answer where it's like self-awareness. And, you know, when you ask like intuition and how do you, I believe, and I'm not, this is not a fact. This is an idea and a theory, right? That we all have intuition. And I, I'm just being clear because the science part of me is like, well, I don't know one thing for sure, you know? And like, But I do believe that we all have intuition. And I do believe we all have an inner guidance, guidance system. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons why as an individual grows in their life, while that voice, that, that, that feeling gets suppressed, you know, other people's opinions, especially family, like start there. And then there's, you know, and, and then it, it moves outwards. And so it's like, I think for me, and I, and I should just say that my family is everything to me and we're a force, you know, but even still straight up girl, my voice and my opinion, what I felt and believed to be true and what I wanted to act on mattered more to me than anybody else's ideas, opinions, or anything. And yes, does that set you up for challenge? You know, um, does it set you up to be misunderstood? Does it, it, it does, but go back to the pain piece, more painful for me to not live my life authentically versus trying to stay in the confinements of safety, which also includes what other people think about it, especially people that I care about, what their thoughts, opinions about how I should best, you know, maneuver through my life is no. So that's a big answer, but hopefully I, I covered it for you. <laughs> it's such a well-rounded answer and it all links back so it all makes complete sense and, a, and especially the part about journaling so that's something that I started to do and you can really ask yourself questions and really dig deep into yourself because when it's all in your head I've noticed that it's it can feel quite messy and I can't see the wood from the trees and I can't find my inner voice because like you said there's so many external factors going on that you miss your voice it becomes quite hidden quite you know hidden deep down 
So journaling, for sure, amazing. So when I did that, it kind of brought to light some of, some of my passions, what I really wanted to do. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, I just took that leap because I was so sure that's what I wanted to do. So with 5 a.m. girl, mm -hmm. I was so sure that's my passion that I just went for it and I started and it wasn't perfect at all when I started. It was just those baby steps that got me to where I am today. So yeah, I want to speak about perfectionism. So mm -hmm. what would you say to people that are constantly planning and they're just waiting to start? What would be like your message to them? Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back. To, it it kind of lives in the same category as trusting yourself. You can't trust yourself if you don't bet on yourself. You have mm -hmm. to take the step. I talk about this all the time. Seeking the fight is a, you know, a motto, a campaign underneath Black Belt Beauty. And what it means is this. You know, it's not just moving towards the challenges that naturally arrive in your life, but it's actually seeking the fights, seeking the challenges that stand guard at your growth. So let's just say it's starting 5 a.m. girl, right? We'll use this example. And you're like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I, you know, I don't have everything perfect. It's, what if I don't get a good response, but all the what ifs, you know, in that way, right? Mm -hmm. Seeking the fight is saying, I don't have all the answers. I don't know for sure. I know this though. On the other side of me, move this challenge right here is something that I want, I'm worthy of having. And, I, you know, I mean, really, that's it. So you go, cool. I'm going to move towards the fight. I'm going to get in the arena and I'm going to do my very best to get across this challenge, to move through the fight. Right. So worrying about, you know, everything being perfect. I mean, when I started Black Belt Beauty Radio, the podcast, yeah, no, I knew that, you know, it was going to be this work of repetition. I say this often. I, I love framing it. Like you go to the gym, you can't just yeah. go to the gym and all of a sudden you think you're going to, you never deadlifted before. And now all of a sudden you're just going to like PR at like, you know, 150. No, hold up. Not only is that not possible, but I think it's kind of boring. I'm really someone who's interested in the process. Like I can look back and now December three-year anniversary of Black Belt Beauty Radio. And while there is still so much growth in front of us, me and my team for this podcast, I can look back and go, wow, do you remember, not even when you started, but when you had the inception, the idea to start, and then like the different microphones and, how, and, and your, you know, how you were as a podcast host, like your ability to communicate, like, whoa. And so for me to, and then obviously I can look at, my incredible roster of guests, I can look at that whole timeline and, and feel so proud of myself. And so I love inviting this idea. And, you know, we hear about this often, like the process, you know, the journey is the reward, but like, really though, it is, it's when you start to really witness, you know, your progress and how you went from maybe things not being super, refined. Like it was just like all out here, like a lot, you know, messy. I don't necessarily use the word messy so much because, um, I don't feel like I started messy, but I, where I am now is certainly more refined. Right. But yeah. that process of kind of, you know, I'm using my hands for people who aren't watching, but like going from out here and then kind of honing into this refined place, that process is part of the reward. 
So I would say to kind of put a bow on this question, it's, you know, appreciate the process. Let that be part of the, you know, the, the, the thing that you're striving towards. Know that, ooh, it's going to be so fun when I get to look back and go, I started this thing and I didn't have it all figured out. And oh my God, remember when I was in the corner of my room and I was recording it and now I'm in my studio, like be excited to be able to look back and witness your absolute, your growth, you know, versus just thinking about your, you know, how you're going to be perfect in every moment. Like that's just boring. <laughs> I totally agree with you. So like when I started 5 a.m. girl, it wasn't even called that at the time. I called it something else, her mindset. The look and feel was completely different to what it is today. But if I didn't take those micro steps mm -hmm. and just have the confidence to just start, it would never have got to what it is today. So my idea just evolved, evolved as the days went by. The, well, it's been a year now, yeah. but it's just, it's become this entity, which I didn't, I could not plan. I couldn't put a pen and paper and draw this perfect thing because it just doesn't work like that. I think- mm -mm it slowly starts to cultivate mm -hmm. when you keep taking those steps. So I completely agree with you. Um, yep. No, I, no, I was going to say, you know, there's something about it as an artist, yeah. when you, if I just sat around and waited for creativity or in, uh, inspiration, I would never ever accomplish anything as an artist. And when I say mm -hmm. artist, it could be makeup, it could be drawing, it could be especially writing, no, you have to, you have to move towards this, you know, creativity. Like you have to let the seed be enough and water the seed, put the sunlight like you had with five and like let, and then, you know, as it starts to bud and to grow, like you get, a, it's going to inspire you to then make the changes that then keep that refinement piece coming in. So, yeah, I love that you shared that. I think it's a powerful example just to, you know, of, of what we're talking about here. Yeah. You just keep getting inspired and you meet people along your journey that inspire you and it just builds that image more. So yeah. I, yeah. I totally agree. I just love everything you said in that answer. Um, and speaking of perfection as well, so I want to link it back to how we view ourselves. Mm -hmm. So what I used to do, and a lot of people do, they wait to be this perfect um, version of themselves before they can celebrate themselves. But mm -hmm. I think it's all about accepting yourself for who you are in this moment, but also at the same time, improving yourself at working on the gaps that you have, because that is self-love, because you want to be the best that you are in your life, right? So I feel like it's that crossover there. And I do feel like that is self-love. Yeah, I mean, it's... yeah, because I'm assuming you have so much like opinion <laughs> ideas around it. So. I mean, self-love, I definitely have my own vernacular around self-love, you know? Um, I actually, you know, like one of my hashtags is um, self-love is the queen of battle. You know, self-love is not to be confused with self-care. Yes, when you're caring for yourself and you're getting the manicure and you're doing, those are, those stem from self-love. But self-love to me is doing the things that you don't want to do, but you know you need to do them to keep getting better. It's discipline, right? Yeah. It's doing, it's being, it's driving yourself to be uncomfortable and to find your way to be comfortable in that discomfort. It's like the seeking the fight. You're going towards the fight, right? Right. Um, you know, having this 
relationship with yourself because it's interesting right like i feel like a lot more often than not today it's so binary it's like accept yourself love yourself yes and or it's like strive to be better and like and what you just said is so perfect because it's like yeah you can do both you could be both you can absolutely love and respect yourself for who you are today right now and still encourage yourself every single day to strive to be better, to learn to grow, right? And so it's not this like, oh, if you're, you know, trying to grow yourself or become better, that you're not appreciating who you are now. No, that's not true. You are, but, you know, in life, it's like, look at nature. Nature is always moving forward, thriving. We are nature. There's no separation. We are all, this is a symbiotic. So learn from nature, you know, and in my life, I'm not here to just survive. I'm here to thrive. Well, what does that mean then in that thriving? It's not just, oh, your finances for me, success starts inside. Who am I? How am I thriving internally? And that's a priority and a focus for me every day, because I also understand this. Like when I think about my future unfolding, and the things that I want to experience, whether it's the podcast studio, the Pinterest style home that I'm very clear on that's coming, you know, I'm not trying to, I don't, it's not like I'm focusing on those external things. I'm focusing on who's a woman that I need to become to actually call that in and create that because that's how it works. It's not those things that are going to make me, me. It's who Roxanne is that makes those things appear in her life. Right. So that goes back to who are you striving to become in this business of getting better every day? Now, how do you love yourself in this process? Compassion's a very big piece. It's something that I love to talk about. I know we hear a lot about like, be patient with yourself. I say, yeah, but go deeper because when you are, when self-compassion is a, it, as a through line moving you with you through your life in compassion comes patience, right? So just imagine like your mom and, you know, your kid is learning how to clean up after themselves, but it's like, you have a little baby, like she's not super dialed in yet, but you see her making effort and you, and that, that warms your heart, right? Are you going to be cracking the whip? Like, having no patience or are you going to feel so much compassion for your child who's making that effort to learn how to clean up after yourself in that compassion energy is the patience to allow your child to learn and to develop. Do you see what I'm saying? So compassion is a very, very important ingredient to put right here in this piece of conversation, because I, I, I feel more often than not that this is an ingredient that a lot of people are missing. They're missing the compassion piece and especially high performers, perfectionists, you know, striving to be better. Yeah, cool. But like, you know, compassion, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a very kind of visual interpretation. Compassion is the curves. It's the softness. It's like, even on an energy level, it's the feminine energy, which is very important to the masculine energy. The masculine energy is strong, sturdy, 
more of a straight line. And the feminine is the opposite of that. And both of these energies are so important, not just to accomplish and achieve, to keep moving forward, but to feel your best on the way there. Because imagine if that compassion piece isn't there, that feminine energy isn't there, you know, what's going to happen. You're going to be stiff. You're going to be just locked up, like trying to go from goal to goal. You're going to be hard on yourself. You're not going to be laughing a lot. You're going to be closed. And the compassion opens you up and allows you to be malleable to move forward. That's such an interesting way to put it. I love it. And I want to get into the feminine masculine energy piece a bit later. But the fact that, you know, self-compassion is such a big thing and to not be so hard on yourself and to not judge yourself. I think we're so ready to judge ourselves and we fall when we mess up a bit. And we always remember that that's a bit that sticks out to us in our journeys that all the times we've fallen down, all the times we messed up a bit, yeah. but we never take the time to like physically just like tap yourself on the back and say, great job. Like, even if you've just made a cup of coffee and you got out of bed, that can be celebrated because yeah. that sometimes it's a win. Yeah, exactly. Like that. When I get up, I'm like, I'm up, I'm ready before nine. I'm good yeah. to go. Like, you know, it's just about celebrating yourself, praising yourself. And I feel like when you are compassionate to yourself, that then extends to people around you. So you will stop judging them. And I've realized that when I start to tap into my more self-compassionate side and practice that for myself, now when I do speak to people around me and if we do have disagreements, I can have more empathy because... Mm -hmm. I'm trying not to judge them. And it, you can see how it seeps through your personal relationships too. And it's so important. But how, like, I think an important thing is you can't control how others, how others see you, but mm -hmm. you can control how you see yourself. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to say is how do you, how do you not judge yourself and how do you not judge, judge others around you? Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I feel it's important to say that this is a process and you're never going to have a period at the end of the sentence. Just know that because it's, you know, life is going to present opportunities for you to judge yourself and for you to be judging other people. Right. So as a constant, so just be ready to be making this a lifetime process of just backing off the judgment. And, you know, I often say it's like, love more, judge less. Right. Um, you know, I want to give you a fun example. So every morning after meditation, after journaling, I, I have my own yoga practice that I move myself through. And oftentimes like, it's almost like I'm, I'm channeling, like I'll talk out loud and guide myself. And it's interesting because, and I've been doing yoga forever, but there's moments where I'm wobbly. Right. And I'll like, I'll fall. And I say to myself, good, Feel yourself fall, feel yourself fumble, and now feel yourself, get yourself back up. Feel yourself, support yourself in the fumble. I love that. Sorry, I just had to say I love it. No, it's so real. It's like, what, you know, and, and you can take that and you just, you know, obviously you apply it to life. It's like, man, this is a very important piece to put into your dialogue with yourself. The dialogue with yourself is literally going to affect how you feel about yourself, what you believe to be true about yourself, what you are focusing on, what you are driving yourself towards. 
It is so important to develop a powerful, loving, supportive, encouraging dialogue with yourself, not to be confused with babying yourself, right? This goes back to like the binary thing. It's like, oh, no, like sometimes you got to crack the whip on yourself. I certainly do. But even in those crack in the whip moments, all of it is coming from a place of self-love. Like I'm, you know, if I feel myself stalling or, you know, not being focused and be like, Hey girl, like get your shit together right now. You know, that's not an insult to me. That's not a, like, Oh, I'm wounded. That's like, Hey, I know what you're capable of. And I need to like, remind you to like, Hey, focus, you know? And more often than not, the, the dialogue is like, let's just say I'm going through a challenge, you know? And I, I, I love putting my hands on my heart because there's actual science behind like what happens when you feel yourself in this way and just speak to myself and say, cause oftentimes it's like, whatever I'm feeling stressed by or whatever, like it's not make believe in my head. It's like, no, there's like a real, it's validated, you know, but I put my hands on my heart and I acknowledge it. And I say, I love you, girl. I get it. Like, this is hard, but we're capable of winning this challenge, but we're going to keep it moving. You know what I mean? So that ability to cultivate this dialogue with yourself is literally going to be like the, the armor, the shield, the sword that's going to get you through your life in the most powerful way. Definitely. Um, sorry, <laughs> excuse me. Um, but I do love the bit that you're saying where, you know, you have to have self-discipline and that it's all part of self-love, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you set boundaries for yourself and for other people too? Because I feel like that's all tied in. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, so boundaries, I mean, because boundaries is a big subject, right? So mm -hmm. let's just talk about boundaries around health, wellness. Is that a good place to start with boundaries or do you want to refine sure. the question? Yeah, like, so I know, for example, how I start my morning affects the entirety of my day, right? I love, love, love waking up early so that I can take my time to connect with myself in the ways that I like to do that, meditation, journaling, my yoga. And then that way I'm ready to charge forward. I'm fully rooted in myself, like ready to go, right? To create boundaries around that, my team knows we don't, unless it's urgent, like I'm not doing any work before 9 a.m. Like that's my time. After nine, cool, we're going. The same goes for the evening. Like I have a hard out at my evening. I have to protect my wellness and my recovery so that I can actually keep showing up and performing at my highest level. So this is just one form, example of a boundary, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think that too, you know, it's interesting. It's like, you can set boundaries for others outside of you to, to know about, to respect without having to hey, be like, Hey, this is my boundary. And what I mean by that is this, the way mm -hmm. that I move through life, the way mm -hmm. that you on the external witness me, that teaches you a lot about who I am right away. So, you know, like the way that I show up for myself, my inner strength, what is exuded is telling a story to the external, right? And that story, not always, obviously, there's people who don't get it, but, you know, 
let me give you a real example. My whole life, I've always been someone who is warm and friendly. And, you know, even in school, I was friends with everybody. Like I, I, I didn't have this, like this click, you know, I mean, I had my group of friends, but like I was friends with everybody. Right. Unless you were an asshole. So, you know, my whole life though, like I I've never been like, oh, I have to be closed and super protective. You know, I'm, I'm warm, I'm inviting. And at the same time, there's always been a tone without me efforting this that lets you know, don't fuck with me. Mm-hmm. It's something internal that I just move through my life with. It's the way that I carry myself with strength, with reverence, like how I show up for myself internally also helps to present this kind of, hey, like you're cool to do this, but don't even think of doing that. Does that make sense? Like it's an energy thing? Definitely. I feel if you don't show yourself love, if you don't recognize your own worth, and if you don't respect yourself, people can see right through it. Like mm-hmm. people can see it and then they know they can cross some kind of boundary with you. I, don't, I feel like it's an energy that you give off. Absolutely. And way, yeah. And it's the way you carry yourself and people can just feed off of that. And then they feel like they can cross that boundary. So I totally agree with you. It, it, I feel like everything just goes back to you, who you are, how you treat yourself. And that expands out to the whole world. So even though you're not explicitly saying, I don't deal with this. I'm not going to take this. You're giving off that vibe. So yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah. In my makeup career, it's so funny. Everybody always wants to ask, like, I don't know why this is the most entertaining question to most people, but it's like, who was the hardest person you had to work for? Like who gave you the hardest Mm -hmm. time? Right. Cause they're thinking celebrity diva. And I'm like, honestly, I know that that exists. Like I've actually witnessed it, but I've never had that experience. Oh, wow. And, but it goes back to what we just said, because I show up, I do my job, I'm professional, but there's an energy here. And this is very, go back to the nature piece, we're all nature. This is primal. If we were actual animals in the jungle, I'm a lion, you know that, but I'm not like having to snarl and like present to you like, Hey, I'm a lion. It's a posture and it's all done with a smile. It's done with warmth until it needs to be something else. And when that time comes, I know I can do that too. I can put on that face and show you, hey, no, I don't think so. Back up, you know? So you're exactly right when you say this is an energy thing. And ultimately it comes down to the relationship that you have with yourself. Yeah. And I totally agree with that. So going a bit back to what we were saying before about nurturing the relationship that you have with yourself and I love to just sometimes go to a coffee shop and just sit by myself and not even have my phone or anything with me I just love to spend that quality time with myself and not have anyone I don't want to look at my texts emails nothing this is pure time with myself so I'm always an advocate for having a good relationship with yourself acknowledging that you are the love of your life like you don't need someone else to complete you and I think that was a massive thing for me too so I've had relationships before and I always thought that I needed that person to complete 
to complete me and to tell me that I'm worthy, but really I needed to tell myself that I'm worthy and to be accepting of myself. But have you, have you gone through that journey because you're 42 now? Have you had relationships where you were younger and, and it was that kind of dependency in a way where you do see that person as your, your other half? So honestly, I've always, I have, I, I feel like I came out of the womb um, with a strong sense of emotional independence. Mm-hmm. And what that means is like, not, you know, I don't rely on you to make me feel this way about myself. Like I'm worthy or I'm wonderful or beautiful or badass. I'm not saying I don't like to hear it on the outside or feel it. Like it has its place. I love it. You know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, of course, but the self-validation piece is really important. And, you know, I think that it's, it's something that you, for sure it's, it's again, it's a journey, you know, but you know, it's like when you, when you realize, I, I say this often, you are in you until you're out of here probably want to build a really good relationship with yourself since that is the case, right? When you start to witness yourself showing up every day to the best of your ability, and that best piece is going to evolve and change, right? Mm -hmm. Making efforts to grow yourself, to care for yourself, like just witnessing how you show up it starts to become a lot easier in quotations, meaning like it's a journey. So, but it starts to become a lot easier to really love yourself and validate yourself. Like I can look at myself and go, you know what? You're a fucking badass without anybody telling me because Mm -hmm. I'm watching this woman move through her life with absolute authenticity, with so much heart putting all of her effort in every single day, getting punched in the face by life or business, whatever, like all that, and still getting back up and getting, how do I not love her? How do I not respect her? How do I not think she's badass? Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't. It's really, it becomes really, really hard to not love yourself, to not feel this respect for yourself when you're witnessing how you move through life with integrity, with effort, with heart, with drive, you know, sorry, you're going to ask me something, but yeah. I love that. I mean, we rarely step back and say, well, this is the thing. I think we need to step back and say, ask yourself the question when you get up and at the end of the day, how am I loving myself today? And how have I loved myself today? So it can be on the micro or macro level. Micro could be, well, I'm not going to eat I don't know, yeah. burger today, I'm going to have my vegetables and be good and do it on the weekend or macro. I don't know, just saying I want to look at my life and cultivate the circle around me. And I want to have people that lift me up and not tear me down. So I definitely feel like asking yourself, how are you loving yourself today? is so key. But what do you do? Like what, even on just like little things, it could be pampering, but what do you do on a day to day to really reinforce that self-love? Yeah. So again, for me, self-love is less of the pretty fluffy things and more of like the badass things, you know, um, which is not to say, I mean, listen, I'm a makeup pro beauty expert. I mean, I, I, I love, I love the pampering. I love the face masks and I love, 
you know, going to the spa and the sauna and I mean, I have Ferrari red on my nails. Like I love all that stuff and I invest in it. I'm saying I invest in it. I would say one thing that is probably a really good um, thing to insert here is the way I take care of my body. The way mm -hmm. that I take care of my body is absolutely self-love. Making sure that my diet is supporting me to feel my best and to perform my best. And when those things are aligned, like you're going to look your best too. It's like a byproduct, right? And so how I navigate my, uh, you know, nutrition choices is huge. Also like how I am moving my body every day. Did I challenge it? Did I give it the recovery it needs? This is where, what's my consistency in all this? I mean, obviously for me, this is a lifestyle. This isn't even like, oh, I don't, you know, I should do this today. Like but diet and movement, it's like, there's no thought. It's like, you go, I will say this. So there are days for sure, even though I love training, it's like part of my DNA, right? Movement. There are days where I'm tired. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like straight up, like just, and if it's a real, and I'm smart, I know my body. Well, it's important to say this because not a lot of people have this connection with their body yet. Um, I know the days when I'm tired and I need to back off and maybe you're just walking through the day or whatever. That's really important. But there are those days we're specifically talking about those days where it's like, you're tired, but you got something in the tank, just something like go touch it. That's what me and my brothers call, just call it, just touch it. You know, that's self-love. Self-love is saying, I'm not going to just back down because I'm like, oh, I'm tired. You know what? Cause that is a dangerous slippery slope that becomes your habit and then becomes your lifestyle. So okay. that's a, that's an, a, 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 I feel a powerful example of how I show up and love myself every single day. I totally agree. I think self-discipline is self-love saying you're going to do something today and doing it, even though you don't want to, but you know, in the long term, it's going to benefit you. Definitely feel like that is a form of self-love and you're right. It's not just because you see a lot of things on social media, which is like, I'll oh, do a face mask, which is great. I, I love doing that too. But you're right. It's about the badass things and getting up when you're falling and that kind of thing. I 100% feel you and agree with you on that. Um, but going back to what you're saying with your athletic side and the beauty side. So I feel like that's a fusion of the different masculine and feminine energies. Like with athletic stuff, that's the whole, you know, be bold assertive using that whole masculine energy and then you have your more creative side which allows you to like like you said like the softer edges and like be a bit like flow through life and really connect with yourself that's yeah. how I see art and it's interesting so how do you balance the two like how does how do you approach that in your everyday life and does that bring out different sides of you so yeah so again and I, I don't <laughs> it might be annoying to say this but I'm just speaking the truth. I genuinely feel like this is at like the luck of the draw. I came downloaded with this harmonization of my energies. And you can look back on my childhood and you see this, like here I am coloring and painting and making jewelry and the makeup. And at the same time, like watching Rocky and Bloodsport and kicking ass with my brothers, like it's always been there with me and mm -hmm. all, and all of, you know, the blood sport, this is like an eighties martial art movie for those who don't know, um, you know, and that, that like, you know, sport and on all that 
energy with my brothers was just as important as my, you know, making sure that my clothes looked a certain, like I cared very much, like in the makeup and the jewelry and all that. So, but you asked a very good question. Like, how do you, how do you balance this? How does it, here's the thing. The first step is realizing the power and the importance of both. If you are not realizing that your feminine energy has a huge role in how you feel, how you move through your life and actually what you're able to produce in your life, you're, you're missing the mark. Like you need to acknowledge that, you know, we have both these energies for a reason. So then you think about optimization, right? Optimization the harmony piece is going to be really important to support that, right? Because if we're too in our masculine or too in our feminine, we're not optimized. We're not, we're not moving with harmony. So for me, you know, in kind of reflecting and evaluating on this whole masculine and feminine energy and not someone who has been reading the books of masculine and feminine energy, but just as this, living it. And as this conversation is more prominent, like we hear it more, we're seeing it more, it invited me to reflect more on like, you know, myself and, and, and really seeing like, I mean, listen, it's obvious. Like here I am like doing the red carpet for the Oscars. And I'm also on the jujitsu mats kicking ass. Like it's just natural for me. Right. And that's just one form of expression an, an example of an expression that I'm giving you. But I think when I have done this reflective work, I can see how powerful we'll go to the gym. It's always the best way to give an analogy. Right the the masculine energy is saying to me pick up that weight and move it with your best ability cool i respond the feminine energy is saying breathe take a break and then come back right if i just had masculine energy I'm not going to perform my best i'm not going to feel my best right so and, you know, this goes back to like the straight line versus the curves. You know, I love feeling my feminine energy and I love living from her. And I also love and appreciate my masculine energy, my edginess, that bold part of me that is driving me forward in my life. But the fun kind of illustration I can give you is like, you know, like I'm going to give you a fun example. I'm, I'm literally... Um, just not that long ago, I'm like in Europe and I'm on my way, headed back to America and the flights were just delayed and delayed. So it was like, every time I got to the next airport and the next, I was like having to chase my ass to get to the gate. Right. <laughs> and you know how it is. Cause you know how it's like, it, you know, over there where you are, you don't just, Oh, get off the plane. And then you go to the next gate. No, sometimes you have to take a tram to get to the next airport. So <laughs> Right. Whole, like it's a whole thing, girl. And I'll never forget. Like, it just, I love using this example, honestly, just cause it's fun for me to relive it. And I think it helps when you can kind of paint a picture. It's like, okay, so plane lands and homegirls got to get to the gate. So masculine energy tells feminine energy, like baby girl, hold on. I got to get us there. And feminine energy is like, do it, daddy, go take us. Right. Like this is my dialogue and masculine energy gets us there. And guess what? 
now I'm sitting on the plane and feminine energy is like, good job, babe. Now yeah. take some breaths, drink some water, get comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's fun. To, it's just fun for me to create that. Like, but it's helpful, you know, because especially when you're talking about things like masculine and feminine energy, and it's like, you know, and we hear divine feminine, that's all great and wonderful, but let me give you like some, like almost like street example of how this energy is moving through you throughout the day and how you can build this beautiful teamwork between them. That's like almost like romantic, if you will, and let them move you through your life. <laughs> so, so beautifully. I love that. And that's what I was kind of trying to get at. And what I wanted to hear from you was that kind of thing with how you balance it in your everyday life. So especially when you're at the gym, it's interesting that you said that, that you have to bring out the masculine side and the feminine side, because I do think that they go hand in hand. And I do feel like you have to balance them because I know at one point when I started my career, which is in a very male dominated industry, it's in the tech industry. And I kind of felt like that I had to suppress my feminine energy just to get ahead in that company in the corporate world in the in the tech industry and I was bringing out my masculine energy side because I feel like that is, that is a quite strong sense of my character but it's not all of it but I was tapping into that a lot more that the more assertive bold side and I felt like I had to just be that to be successful in my field mm-hmm. when actually I came to the realization that my warmer qualities my empathy connecting with people making them feel comfortable that that kind of energy and my creative side because I feel like mm-hmm. every job has a creative side mm-hmm. I'm bringing that out I'm actually much more successful in my role I'm much more comfortable people are noticing the different energy and yeah you're right it's that fusion mm-hmm. of masculine and feminine energy and I do feel like in society people you, you're kind of taught to suppress that to see it as a weakness like have have you experienced that in your you know your line of work because you are quite athletic and yeah oh well where you just ended on is a good that's almost like a separate piece but um so I want to touch on that but there, I want to go, back go up. to that first if you want to yeah go to go that first it. okay well yeah it's interesting because um and I'm thinking like makeup career even though that's you know pretty much behind me now but if I think about you know my presence is, you know, there's always a, you get this feminine energy for me, right. With the bold and with the strong. Um, but sometimes I know that in the, it's almost like the opposite of you where, um, actually that's not true. It's not the opposite. And let me, let me frame this differently. So sometimes in the past, just specifically in the makeup career, my edginess and my boldness and my strength, even though it's so, wrapped with warmth I feel like it was it's harder for people to connect with in that space in the makeup space like it was you know almost like if I was like more softer and even though I'm certainly soft like I think it would be easier to to take me in for for some people um but none of it ever mattered to me to suppress myself or feel like oh let me alter myself like I'm not going to alter myself for you. Like, that's your shit. You know what I mean? You figure it out. (laughs) I'm me. And so, (laughs) you know, it's like, I'm not, no, because that's like a habit that 
is a dangerous one. The minute you start trying to adjust for other people, ooh, A, you don't even know who you are. And, and then your whole life becomes this, who am I? I don't even, and, and then you have no self-confidence. You have no self-worth because you've just tried to adjust to everybody's, to make others feel comfortable in your presence. No. So where I was going to go prior to that M piece that I love is I really, it's like, I want to credit my brothers, even though this wasn't done on purpose. It was just kind of how we rolled as, as, you know, siblings growing up, but I used to beat them doing pull-ups and they never looked at me like, oh, my sister, the girl beat me doing pull-ups. It's like, we didn't look at, we're almost like monkeys. We all just all lived together. Like there wasn't the boy and the girl kind of thing, you know, it was like, you know, they just, they, 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 they recognized that they had a strong sister, you know? Um, but it was never a, an intimidation. Like, in fact, if you were to talk to my brothers now, like they love that they love that they grew up with, you know, a strong mother and two strong sisters, you know, there's, I have a sister. So Mm -hmm. I think that perhaps in that upbringing of mine, where I was always around boys and it was comfortable for me and I never had to adjust to Mm -hmm. feel like I belong or that I'm good enough. Like I just was me and Mm -hmm. that was just fine in my in my upbringing. And I, and I certainly feel, you know, and that could be again, luck of the draw, but you know, cause, and it's always, obviously it's not like that in every family. Um, but I think that that ha- does play a big role in this comfort of just being totally at ease with the, the masculine and feminine energies that I live with and move through my life with and not feel like, I need to prove myself as a woman in the environment of specifically like in a male dominant environment. It's like, no. Yeah. And I do feel like that goes back to self-confidence. I don't feel like everything just goes back to self-confidence and self-worth because if you know it, you don't feel like you have to prove yourself. And exactly. Yeah. And I think with me, because I did have such like low self-esteem, such low self-confidence, I constantly felt like I needed to prove myself a lot and Mm -hmm. to be someone else when in fact I just needed to accept who I was and if I wanted to improve myself that's fine because you're always growing but what I loved what you said was you can kind of lose yourself when you try to mold yourself to be what everyone else wants you to be and that kind of is what happened to me I kind of lost myself along the way that it just all exploded in front of me and now sometimes you have to have that pain to now reach like where you want to be and I'm at this place today which is amazing and I'm kind of glad it happened but I totally feel you about the whole you can kind of lose yourself if you are molding yourself to what other people want you to be and just to really stay true to your energy and yourself yeah thank you yeah it it really it's a common story for 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 a lot of people to to try and mold themselves to others to for the others to feel more comfortable and then you know the thought that I think is powerful to place here is like understand this when you are doing that that means that you are whether you're conscious of it or not you're telling yourself that what this person feels about me is more important than what I feel about myself it's straight up it's what's happening, even if you're not aware of it. And now you're aware and there's no turning back. So remember, <laughs> every time you're doing that, just know 
that you're choosing what they feel about you over what you feel about you. That is such a powerful point. I'm going to literally keep that in my mind all the time because when you <laughs> like that, you're like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> right. right, well, it's sneaky. It's sneaky. And, and sometimes, honestly, it's even coming from a place of loving intentions because let's just say it's somebody that you care for and they, they're going to feel perfect example is, and I'm not trying to like start new fires between parents and kids, but like, listen, there are times when parents, for them to feel more safe, they need you to be this way. And, and you love your parents and you don't want to let your parents down. So guess what you're going to do? You're not going to move to New York city on a whim because yeah. of because you're like, I want mom to feel safe. Even if you're not consciously thinking of that, you care about mom, what mom thinks about you. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I'm not at all saying don't do that. I, my, I live and die for my mom, like straight up. But have I always subscribed to mom's ideas of what was best for me? I have not. And guess what? It's also the same reason why at this point in my life, <laughs> My mom knows no matter what I got myself because yeah. I opted into myself. I stood in my, what I believe to be true about myself. I never, I'm not fickle. I'm not fickle. I'm not going to just mold to this, your idea or your idea. Or I'm going to move through my life with my most authentic self. Even if it disappoints you, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to face that challenge and I'm going to hold myself steady in this authenticity piece. And, you know, eventually I think people who may have in the past um, wanted, I know we're kind of like out here and it's a big, but it's important, you know, um, eventually like some of those same people who may have wanted to direct you in a certain way or were kind of initiating um, an action from you so that they felt that, you know, a certain way you know, it starts to, it, when, the more consistent you are in your authenticity and not molding for other people, the more that you cultivate this respect that eventually becomes the way people treat you and feel about you. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think if you do try to mold yourself to other people and you're kind of letting yourself, well, you are letting yourself down in the process, and then you'll start to resent them. So like with the example you gave about staying at home for your mom and not moving to New York, one day you're gonna wake up and you'll feel like, why the hell did I not move to New York? And then you'll just start to resent your loved ones and it's just not a healthy space to be in. So, and it all goes back to knowing yourself and sticking to your guns and doing what you want to do because you're doing it for you. And you were yeah. living your life with you at the end of the day, right? So yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, and for the record, mom never had an issue with me moving to New York because I just want <laughs> my mom's like a free bird. She's like, go, girl. But you know, but, but I will say this. Um, you know, there was a study done. A woman did um a bunch of interviews with people that were dying on their deathbed and asked what their biggest regret was in life. And mm -hmm. the through line was that they didn't live their most authentic life. Like they lived to other people's ideas or opinions and what they thought that they should be doing. So they didn't live true to themselves. That was 
what the through line was with all these people on their deathbed. And I love to remind myself as morbid as it sounds, it's not, it's actually very um, stoic philosophy, even though I didn't pull from that, but this is stoic philosophy is like, I love to remind myself that I'm going to die. This is no address rehearsal. That keeps me so not just in my truth. I mean, to be honest, like I don't know how to be anything but myself. And it, it is very effortless for me, but with the death piece of like that reminder piece is, are you being your boldest today? Are you mm -hmm. taking the chances that are big and that can really grow you in your most ideal way in your life and, and give you this experience of life that you want? You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. this most often than not, like people are hesitating and but understand this, like your hesitation, it's as if you think you're going to live forever. No, you're not. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, what are you doing? Like, you got to go. It's so true. I think that's my biggest fear is waking up when I'm old and thinking, I don't do all these things that I wanted to do. I just kind of tried to please other people and that kind of thing. And you're so right. You like, what are you waiting for? This is one life go for it and so I'm trying to practice that every day so even if it means looking a bit silly because you're going outside of your comfort zone and you know you're not ready yet and you might slip up so be it I would take looking silly slipping up if it means that I get to that point in life where I want to be like my true self the, the best version of my life so I think that's the message I want to put out to everyone like take that moment of embarrassment that you think you can feel for like that two seconds because you're going out and doing it and you might slip up like embrace that just do it and then one at some point you're going to perfect it you're going to be great at it and you're going to thank yourself for doing it and you'll get to the, to the place that you want to be so totally and and you know what I want to add to that because it's so relevant to our time uh, that I think it will be very valuable to your listeners and watchers you know, now we have social media and social media puts you on this stage. So, you know, here you are, you launched your podcast or your new business and you're like promoting it. And, and it's like crickets on the likes, like the engagement. It's, I'm saying this is very powerful because what happens, people that start businesses, it's a game of who can handle the most non-validation like the external non-validation for as long as until they get to this place where it's like you know like things took off and now people are realizing you and appreciating you but that piece is like it's so important because people are afraid of being in that position where you know they're putting themselves out there and they're not getting the validation and the recognition that they, they want. And that feeling is so uncomfortable, mm. you know, and I get it. Like I lived it. Like I, I black, Bobby, I, it wasn't like all of a sudden, you know, but my endurance to keep driving forward with my primary focus when it comes to validation and worthiness and feeling like, you know, I matter. I mean, that focus is all wrapped in what I believe to be true about myself. And what I believe to be true about myself has a lot to do with how I'm showing up for myself and for this, you know, whatever this thing is that I'm doing. So I'm just inviting 
you know, people who are, are taking this talk in right now to be like, Hey, build the endurance to not get that validation for a while, but don't let that stop you. Don't let that stop you from going forward. Like who cares? Trust me. They will pick up people. You will call in your people. I mean, you know this, I'm sure with your podcast and 5am girl, like it probably wasn't banging right out the beginning. Right. It took time. And like, right. And then also there's something about like people witnessing your consistency there's something about that that's really important to take you serious. Yes, exactly. It's like this magic little potion. Like you hear it, oh, be consistent, but it truly works. Mm-hmm. But I totally agree. You have to be your own biggest fan for a while and be okay with not hearing anything or not seeing anything. Just have that trust that it will be one day. And that did. that's what happened with 5am girls. So started zero followers, no one liking it. I was like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I'm doubting myself but I was like no this is going to go somewhere I know it's going to go somewhere I'm going to keep showing up every day and now like one year later it's like over 10,000 followers and I'm getting like likes and stuff like that and it just shows that you know you can cultivate the life that you want if you stick to it if you trust it and just keep showing up and be your own biggest fan and amazing things can happen Barack, I don't want to keep you for ages because I know you've got a busy morning. So I've got my final two questions for you. So I think you've kind of given us so much good advice. My final question was going to be, what would be the best piece of advice to give to someone? But I've kind of felt like you've given that. (laughs) So I'm going to give you this question. What is the worst piece of advice you've ever gotten? And, you know, why didn't you follow it? So... Oh God. No, it's so good. Like the worst piece of advice I've ever gotten. You know, I don't think I can pin it to an actual statement that somebody has given me. I think what probably makes the most sense to, to, to give you in this, uh, with this question is, um, in my opinion, like the worst advice is, anything that is going to steer you away from operating from your most authentic self, mm-hmm. anything that is going to steer you away from not listening to the fire in your heart. That's telling you to go this way, to be this way, to do this, whatever that thing is, I'm saying no. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It's like when people, well, for me, they said, Oh, go for money, chase the money. Mm-hmm. And can steer you away from your most authentic self because you feel like oh, I'll just get the corporate job and yeah that kind of stifles your creativity you're not really going for your passion so I think that's an excellent piece of advice Thank um you, and Mom. finally where can people find you if they wanted to listen to more of your advice because I think it was amazing so yeah where Thank can they you, find girl you? thank you so much first of all before I even say that I so appreciate <laughs> you, what you're doing, the work you put out, your energy, and just this amazing conversation. So thank you for having me. Um, to find me, I mean, there's a couple of places. So Instagram, I have two accounts, Roxy Look, which is my personal account. And then Black Belt Beauty is the brand. And then where I would love to channel people is um, blackbeltbeauty.com. So make yourself at home there. You know, you have all my podcast episodes, which obviously the podcast is on every platform, including YouTube, Black Belt Beauty Radio. But what I'm really excited about right now is that I'm launching this month my online um, exclusive membership, Queendom, for women only. And this is really, it's just, it's, it's so exciting because it's this beautiful environment 
of inspired, empowered women who are there in full support of each other, all on this similar mission of just living from their fullest potential in life. And I show up and there's an element of coaching, which is fun. And there's a lot of great content around that, but really the power is in how all the women in this community love each other, support each other, encourage each other and challenge each other. And I think more now than ever is a space important because you know, it's a very non-toxic, non-judgmental, non-competing environment. And that's kind of getting harder to find online. And it, with all the things that we've been, you know, challenged around in our society today, it's never been more important to have these a place or places where you can get this kind of energy, high-minded thinking support and feel safe and, you know, not judge. So blackbeauty.com is where you know, anyone who's interested can get on the wait list when I open the doors and, you know, anything else that, um, there's all kinds of good stuff on the website. So thank you for asking me that. And again, thank you for ha having me on your amazing podcast. Well, thank you for coming on. I think this episode is so valuable. I've enjoyed every minute of it. I've learned so much and I think <laughs> my girls are going to learn so much as well. So thank you so much thank for you, taking girl. the time out to do this and I hope you have a great day and keep in touch. Thank you, lovely. I will for sure. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So that's what I have for you today. I hope you've taken tons of value from this episode. I hope you have a fab week and remember that you've totally got this. Bye.